0: ever had a conversation with someone who walked away from it filled with joy and energy that describes the feeling i had when our next guest and i finished chatting Mr. Tony Anzaldi is a genuinely nice guy who loves what he does. He is a proud husband, dog owner, and a very proud teacher. He's the type of teacher who puts all of his energy into making sure every student that crosses paths with him know that they have value and that he is happy to know them. Tony mentions the impact that Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, played in his life. It would only be appropriate to share this quote with you, one that describes Mr. Anzaldi perfectly. And I quote, Don't aim for success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must be ensued. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's dedication to a cause greater than oneself, or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. This quote describes Tony as a teacher, a teacher who has been called to this beautiful profession. I cannot wait for you to hear his story. Please be sure to share his story with a friend or a family member. His energy is contagious, and it needs to be shared. Thanks for listening in, and remember, everyone has a story, including you, That is worth being told. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode, episode 49. I am super excited about this episode. I have a very special guest. Course, all my guests are special, but let me tell you, this one is one of the most requested individuals when it comes to having a a guest on here. Everybody's always asking me, When am I going to get this young man on the podcast? And I am blessed enough to have had him willingly step in this morning and sit down and share his story. And I'm going to allow this young man to introduce himself because yesterday in our professional development, Ah, uh, there was a request that he introduce himself in a very special way with a very special voice. <laughs> Do you remember when we were walking? Oh through? no! Um,
1: what? What? Could you remind me? What? Uh, hello. My name is. Oh, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes, this is uh, Mr. Anzaldi, Tony totally Anzaldi. Very manly deep voice that i have so the question
0: (laughs) mr anzaldi that i have for you is why why were they asking you to you know introduce yourself was it just is that what you do around the building when you're talking to your kids
1: (laughs) i don't know i think uh who knows i'm super silly all the time so um it's probably just a silly voice that that i use when um you know uh, I'm doing things like opening a locker for a student or yeah. l- opening a, the yogurt. You know, I got to flex real quick <laughs> before I do it so they know, you know.
0: Well, I think it's one of the things that makes you such a, a pleasant person to be around <laughs> and such an effective teacher uh, is that you are silly. You're willing to kind of put yourself out there, laugh and have mm. a good time. It's clear that you love what you do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's um, that's something that... that I uh, have a lot of pride in. I think actually, like, um, well, I'm sure we'll get into it later. But I am aware of you know when I'm silly and goofy, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's it's really purposeful.
0: Yeah. Well, so to give context for the listeners, why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, what what it is that you do? What's your calling in life?
1: So I'm a fourth grade teacher at Talmadge Elementary. Um, this is my fifth year doing that. Um, and right out of college, I spent, um, I, I taught one year in Cleveland and I, I taught seventh and eighth graders up there. Um, I think, you know, people always ask me, um, ooh, what do you like better, fourth grade or seventh the, the middle school age? And I think there's positive things to, you know, both the seventh and eighth graders and the fourth graders. Um, I really love the, the fourth grade and, and that area right now. It's a really fun, um, great to teach.
0: So what, what do you love so much about teaching fourth grade?
1: Um, so I, I always describe fourth graders as um, you know, they're, they're really fun, they, they get really excited about things, they um, you know, love to be excited and encouraged by you, um, but they're also still like kids, like they're also um, you know, they, they want to please and they're afraid of like doing the wrong thing and they want to do um really really well and that's just really fun to tap into and and really encourage them in that way.
0: I um when I student taught at Talmadge in the middle school and then for a period of time I was a permanent sub Mm -hmm. and I can remember it was district-wide so I remember they sent me to at that time was Dunbar I think it was Dunbar uh elementary it mm-hmm. was like first second and third graders yeah. and i just remember walking in and at first i felt like such a superstar because the kids were just all about <laughs> being next to me and hanging out with me and holding my hand mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the day i was never more tired in my life <laughs> i was like put me back in middle school or high school please mm-hmm. so what what how do you handle like the constant demands of being an elementary teacher
1: Well, we do have a coffee maker right there in in our fourth grade wing. So that, that helps. It was funny. Um, Well, it
0: was funny because as I was walking through yesterday to, uh, to get to one of the sessions, there, there were a bunch of element, they were all hunkered down right there and they're waiting for their cup to fill. And I thought it's a nice little Island, a little oasis there right on the floor. It's a
1: very popular area. Yes.
0: So caffeine.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, You know, it, it, as a element as any teacher right but especially elementary school you have to wear uh a lot of hats and you always have to be purposeful not to um you know not to like i i guess uh, let whatever emotions you're feeling like uh come out into a student interaction mm-hmm. no you you're probably really overwhelmed cuz you've already made a thousand decisions before lunchtime <laughs> and you know, uh, a student comes up and, and asks you a question, it could be really easy to be, you know, kind of kind of frustrated and, and short. And um, I think the, the people I work with do such a good job with this. You just have to take every single decision as like a new decision. Mm-hmm. And that, like you said, can get really, really exhausting. And by the end of the day, you know, it, it does beat you up sometimes. But, yeah. um, you know, uh, I think just... The the people I work with, you know, we pick each other up, you know, and any time that they see that I'm exhausted or tired, you know, they they come and like uh, give me some, you know, encouraging words, and you know, I do the same, vice versa. So it's really, um, if there's a, a one fixed solution to not be tired at the end of the school day, I would love to know it. <laughs> but it's just, a, you know, kind of a modge mod of a lot of different things that yeah. that you can do.
0: So that seems to be like the current theme amongst all educators no matter what level you're at no matter what your role is in the world of education um, it's that you're just tired i mean it this is busy work it's the, the the greatest profession or calling in the world i truly believe that but it is exhausting i mean by like last night we had a birthday party for my niece who happens Sweet. to have been a guest on on the podcast, and she's the one responsible for the artwork that that I have. But we're we are celebrating her 23rd birthday, and my wife and I are sitting on the couch, and both of us were just like, man, <laughs> we really just want to be in bed right now. Seven mm-hmm. o'clock on a Friday night. I mean, by the end of the week, you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. So what 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 do you do to kind of maintain? I know we we both we're both sitting here drinking our crimson cup. Yeah. We, you know, we, we rely heavy on coffee, but what do you do to maintain the right mindset a positive mindset and uh, you know what what do you rely on to kind of keep your bucket filled to make Mm -hmm. sure that you are in the right headspace for your calling
1: Mm -hmm. um so i this is probably one of the reasons why i am a teacher but but luckily something that gives me energy is uh social interactions um so if you know i'm feeling kind of really exhausted after you know the work day work week it it, sometimes you know it's easy just to sit on the couch and watch a show but i never feel you know replenished after that something Mm -hmm. that like i i just mentioned that gives me energy is you know going and and playing a a board game with friends or you know going and just talking to to people at, at a restaurant sitting at the bar type of thing um you know ally and i like to go on hikes um after work we we just got a dog, Dolly. She's a sweetheart uh, around Thanksgiving time. And hmm. Dolly is also a huge you know, uh, energy booster for me. You know, my love language is physical touch, so I think that's why I love any dog as much um, as I do.
0: What kind of dog is Dolly?
1: Uh, she's uh, a golden retriever, but she's like white fur. I think they're called Irish cream retrievers or something like that. But um, We have a
0: golden retriever as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's really sweet.
0: Uh, they they are. Golden Retrievers, I mean, even last night we're walking down the steps before we left for the birthday party, and my wife was saying, I will never have another dog other than a Golden Retriever. I absolutely love Golden Retrievers, and it's because of that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're, they're so cute and everything else that they do, <laughs> but they really are, my, my love language is physical touch as well, mm-hmm. right? And then words of affirmation. And even this morning, during my window the morning routine, the dog was sitting there. He's on my lap. You know, he's got his head. He'll kind of tilt it back and look at <laughs> you. And, um, and just, they're, they're a very special, a special breed of dog. Mm-hmm. And, and is Dolly a puppy?
1: She's not. She's about two years old. Okay. Um, and we, we didn't rescue her from uh, an establishment, but it was kind of through a family friend that took her in for a few weeks type of rescue. Uh, story with her, so yeah, she's I, I guess almost two. We don't okay. really know when her birthday is, though.
0: So. Well, it, it's true. Like on on a Friday, when you go home and you'd rather kind of be lazy, mm. you're like, okay, time to walk Dolly, mm-hmm. time to walk Ted, and uh, yeah. they they definitely keep you up, moving, active, mm-hmm. and you're at you're at a good stage. I mean, you uh, you graduated Talmage in 2013, right? Right. You know, so you're still. You're still a baby, you know, and you mentioned your wife, Allie. Mm -hmm. How long have you and Allie been married?
1: This is uh, our third year of marriage. It'll be um, three years on June 20th. Okay. uh, we've been married for almost three years.
0: Look at you pulling that date out without hesitancy, (laughs) right? Well,
1: it's kind of hard because we technically have two wedding dates. One was June 20th, 2020. So, you know, right after COVID happened and... And then the next one is uh, the following year um, in the summer with a big celebration. We went from 20 people to like uh, 200 people. So so,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. So then, what was the date that you originally told me? Was it the first or second one?
1: Uh, June 20th, 2020. So you remember the first. So you always. Yeah, yeah, that'll be your first one. That's the official. Yeah, that's the official one where, you know, we. Kicked off our marriage, moved in together, yeah. all
0: that. That's yeah. awesome. Now, how did you and Allie meet?
1: Um, through a mutual friend. Do you know um, Abigail Wilhite? She came through town with. Yeah, I know that, too. yeah. She, yeah. Was, she was in my class. Yeah. Um, we were friends from high school, and Allie and Abby were friends through dance. They did okay. ballet together. and. I think Abigail is kind of a a secret love doctor like I think she always knew that she (laughs) saw something that that would work with us and in college she always tried to get us together um but either Allie was dating somebody or you know I I was dating somebody then Allie was studying abroad in London and then oh wow uh it, it just never really matched up until Abby's wedding and Allie was a bridesmaid and I was invited and I impressed her with my dance moves and of course of course naturally (laughs) and my manly voice of course Um, and the rest is history
0: Wow that's awesome and so what what does Allie do
1: Allie um, right now works at Western Reserve Academy okay and she's uh, the activity coordinator there Um, so she plans all it's a boarding school so the kids live there Mm -hmm. and she plans all the uh, awesome activities they do on the weekends and she also teaches dance part-time and has a couple different responsibilities. Okay. Um,
0: How long has she been at Western Reserve?
1: Um, uh, this is her third year there. So okay. it's actually uh, where we live also. We live on the campus okay. and uh, in a dorm building with... Like there's 40 high school girls. We have a wonderful apartment that that we live in, but it's attached to the dorm building. And she's also a dorm head. Okay. She's really good at her job. You should hear some of the activities she plans. It's it's really incredible. You have any examples
0: um, that come to the come
1: to mind? Oh, they yeah. Her and the head of school started a fire and ice festival every year. Um, and it started out. This was. Um, The first year was, you know, when when COVID was, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, really new and no one could be inside. And so they trying to be uh, uh, an activities coordinator for the first year and not having any activities inside was wild for Allie. But Mm. they planned this fire and ice festival that was um, right after Christmas break Um, and it was um, outdoors. And... It was just fire and ice themes. So they had like an ice sculpture set up and like frozen drinks and like hot chocolates. Um they did uh you know those hot ones interviews? No. It's on YouTube. It's it's someone interviews like a celebrity or whoever eating okay. hot wings. Oh. and so like <laughs> okay. they try to get through. So they had like their own hot ones interview, like the fire themed and with fireworks and they had fire performers and all these things. So it's just like Wow Um She's really good at uh, uh, getting a theme and running with it and making it work so well.
0: Wow. I mean, that's uh, the ability to think outside the box, especially Mm. like during COVID, Mm. uh, and then plan activities like that. That, That's impressive. And you talk about something that builds like tremendous culture. Mm for for a group and for for a school i'm always yeah. intrigued by uh western reserve my father-in-law worked there once he retired he actually picked up a job there for a short period of time and um he was always just talking about how beautiful the facilities were and mm-hmm. i've been on in a in a couple areas in a couple spots and it's just you feel like it's harry potter or uh yeah. or something like that when you're uh When you're walking around, yeah,
1: a little bit. They have prefects, you know, like like Harry Potter does, and things like that. So it does kind of have that vibe. So that's so you
0: live right there on campus, then? Yeah,
1: it's it's honestly a lot of fun. I don't. I was surprised when we would first tell people, and people would go like, "Oh, I could never do that." Like, and and for Allie and I, just so easy and natural. Like we love living on campus. Um, you know, it's not always easy. Sometimes a fire alarm goes off at 2 a.m. and, you know, we have to deal with that. And But for the most part, it's just really fun to to, to be there and be around such a diverse student body and things like that.
0: Yeah. So then on the weekends, you're living mm-hmm. there, um, and if she's not running an activity, I mean, are you doing anything else on the campus there, or are you guys just head off in the Hudson? Yeah. Or, or...
1: Um, so when she's not on duty for that weekend, you know, she's kind of always on call. Yeah. And people have questions um, about the activities. Um, but we're, you know, we're free to do whatever. We walk Dolly around campus. It's such a beautiful campus. Um, there's a lot of events. Now, of course, Allie plans it. So, of course, they're great that, that we will go to sometimes, like the the plays on uh-huh. campus and things like that. So, yeah, we... we um, it's fun to be in, involved there, but it's also nice that we can also have a separate yeah. life from that.
0: Yeah, too. it could be, it could become a little bit too much, hmm. being surrounded by fourth graders all day mm-hmm. and then you know high schoolers all night. So yeah. I get that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just think it, it's so neat that you are at the elementary building, hmm. and when I think about Uh, because you generally speaking in an elementary setting there aren't a lot of male teachers Mm. right and and i think about some of the the young men that we have on campus here uh we're we're blessed to have such such solid male figures down Mm. there um leading our young our young kids what what made you want to become a, a teacher or even to be certified elementary i remember when i was given the choice i'm like ah I'm going to go high school. Yeah. So I'm 7th through 12th. And when you were given that opportunity, you picked elementary. I mean, was there an inspiration or a reason why you went that direction?
1: Um, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of pieces to that that puzzle and yeah. that decision. I think one of the the biggest reasons was, um, kind of like you mentioned, there's not a lot of good male role models uh-huh. for uh, a lot of our young students, Uh typically, you know, that's that's more a rare thing. Luckily, we have um, more and more, it seems, at the elementary building with Alan Miller and our administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think it is such uh, an important time. These students are, you know, in fourth grade, fifth grade, before middle school, are really figuring out what kind of person they are and really starting to figure out themselves. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important for you know, our, our boy students to also have you know a male role model to you know to look up to and to really help them figure that out.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because so often you hear uh, you hear uh, people, not just men, but uh, people who are in professions that are as influential mm-hmm. as being an educator, oftentimes say, "Well, I'm here, I'm doing what I need to do, but I'm not a role model." You know, and I I don't think you can be in the world of education or be in a position that you are and not kind of hold firm to that understanding that you you Mm -hmm. are. I mean, that young man or that young woman will be spending a pretty hefty chunk of their life with you Mm -hmm. and around you, and they're going to be walking around talking in their you know Tony Anzaldi voices (laughs) and picking up on some of the things that you say and your reactions. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are you're planting seeds that will be, uh, be there forever. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate hearing you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it speaks to your heart. Uh, what inspired you to become a teacher? I mean, was there a, a person or was there a moment or was it just something that kind of? Um,
1: so I, I, I think I've always had the interest in becoming a teacher kind of on the on the back burner through you know middle school and high school, and you start to think of those things. That's always been there. I've kind of wavered between you know architecture that that interested me at one point, um, you know business interested me at one point, and I think um, uh, those other options were kind of came and went, but 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 being a teacher was always the consistent thing. Uh-huh. Um, and honestly, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Um, being able to be creative, uh, there's room for for growth. You know, at at the end of every school year that I've taught, I've I've said to myself like, man, I thought I knew what a, what being a good <laughs> teacher was last year, and then yeah. every single year it's one of those jobs that you grow so much in, and um, that that is just really really cool to be in a job like that because I don't think every job is like that. Um, and like I said, the creativity piece and kind of the freedom to be goofy and silly is is really fun yeah yeah
0: i i feel you there i mean because it you're right every year when you look back at where you were at this the beginning of the year just like your students right you just you look back and if you're doing your job the right way and i hate to call it a job Mm -hmm. because you you and i both know i mean Mm -hmm. it's a calling if you are holding firm to your calling and you're honoring your calling then you are not the same educator at the end of the year that you were at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And no class, no student, no year is ever the same, nor should it ever be, right? And, right. and so when I hear that you embrace this quality of, of being a lifelong learner, uh, it makes me excited, you know, mm-hmm. because that's the only way you will continue to be effective is if you continue to embrace learning and stretching and challenging mm-hmm. yourself. So, what do you uh, what do you like to do to grow as a teacher? Now, obviously, there's the experience itself, but how do you feed your mind? What what do you feed your
1: mind? Um, I, I guess you know there's always the professional development side, and um, I uh, was able to get my master's already in curriculum and instruction. Okay. Um, uh, there's always so many different interesting professional developments and things like that but but outside of it um, just trying new things in the classroom um, personalized learning is a direction that this this district is, is going to and I think that um, that is is, is, a, is really scary but just being able to you know not be afraid to make mistakes in getting there uh, and doing that I I'm really excited for what some of the these things can do in the classroom yeah. for our, our kids and um. Yeah. It, like I said, it's scary, but just being able to be courageous to try these new things and not being afraid to fail in the classroom—that you learn the best through that and grow the best through through those examples. I think.
0: Yeah. There's been a lot of talk over the past couple of years about the importance of failure, right? Mm-hmm. A- especially when it comes to personal growth, um, and the fact that you're willing to try those things. And then fail. I mean, do you ever get Mm -hmm. to the point where you sit down with your kids and you just say, "Hey, that I bombed it there."
1: Yeah, yeah. It is. I think it's so important to to be honest um, with your students. You know, when you do make a mistake or something does not work how you thought it was going to work, it's just so important to to you know sit down and be honest and own up to that. Uh, I think so many people are afraid to to admit their mistakes when I think that's a really, really important skill and quality for, for people to have in, in any workplace. Um, growth mindset is something that I we really dive into in, in fourth grade, um, just you know how mistakes are good. You learn the more mistakes you make, the, the more you learn. And we really lean into it at the beginning of the year to set the tone for the rest of the year for our students. Mm-hmm. It's really funny how much they buy in. I, I'll get um I'll get, you know, some comments from parents saying like, Oh, my, my student told me to have a growth mindset or my, my child told me to have a growth <laughs> mindset today because like I, I messed up um, breakfast or you know, it, it could be whatever example. If I misspell something on the board or, you know, drop a marker or technology doesn't work, kids will just say, Congratulations, Mr. Inzaldi, you made a mistake and it's just really funny when when they do buy in and how, how fun that can be. And
0: that is awesome. Yeah, it's really I, fun. I love that because, <laughs> well, you think about a fourth grader uh, actually correcting the teacher or complimenting mm. their failure, that, that speaks volumes to the culture that you've created in the mm. classroom. And, um, and, and I love to hear that because uh, when, when a kid feels that comfortable and they know and they have that kind of relationship with you, they're, they're eager to please and they're eager mm. to, to learn. Right. Right. And uh, t- so talk to me a little bit more about this growth mindset. Uh, are you I mean, obviously, you've heard of Carol Dweck mm-hmm. and, and her. And so, you know, the point of origin of that whole conversation, her book radically changed my life uh, as an individual and as well as a as a teacher. I wish I wish the research behind the growth mindset versus a fixed mindset had been out when I was a, a mm-hmm. student and mm-hmm. my teachers had been aware of it because I had a very fixed mindset. And I can look back now and see how that affected me as a person and as, as a student. Uh, so I love the fact that you're embracing that. Can you just kind of give me and, and our listeners a little bit of an insight? How, how did you start that conversation with the kids?
1: Um, we, we uh, especially in, so my licensure is math and, and science, four to nine math and science. So um, I, I always relate it math really heavily. Mm-hmm. In fourth grade you know you start multiplication and division and you know uh, more fractions and it can be really really scary and um, on these units that are typically ones that my fourth graders struggle with every year which mm-hmm. I, I kinda can pick up on on which units will be tough for a lot of them um, we really just dive back into growth mindset and um, you know, I, I remind them that the mind is a muscle, and mm-hmm. that that's such a uh, easy transition for some of our fourth graders to understand that your mind's a muscle. If you, you know, don't do any push-ups because you're afraid that you won't do 50 push-ups in a row, you can only do 20 push-ups, so you just don't do them. Well, that's like the fixed mindset approach. Yeah. But if you try to do 50 push-ups, but you only do like 40 push-ups or 30 push-ups or however many you're still working out that muscle that muscle's still growing yeah you didn't get to your goal you didn't you know complete whatever you're doing but uh it's okay and you're still getting closer and closer there so that's kind of the relation that that I try to communicate to the students and it's really fun to see them lean into that Mm -hmm. and you know if they um Make a mistake and then and then correct it. You know that sometimes they flex at me and things <laughs> like that. It's just really really funny. I love it. Uh, I
0: love it. But well, when you as you're talking, you know, I keep thinking about that very important word when it comes to growth mindset. You know, yet, mm-hmm. and and I'm just thinking about my conversations. Like it, it's become such a part of my vernacular that when I'm even talking to kids in my new role and we're just kind of working our way through. Uh, a conversation that went the wrong way, and how can we get it back to, uh, you know, something uh, the good way,
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: you know, a student will talk about how, well, I don't know if I can do that, or I don't know if I can say that, and then I'll just prompt and say, yes, yet,", yet. Mm-hmm. you know, because we've got to battle everything that's below the surface, right? We've got to chip away at that so that we can affect the behavior or affect even the confidence to learn something in math or science mm-hmm. and b- by the way math was my issue that was where i had the fixed mindset like you. you will never understand math i mean it still affects me to this day you know oh. it's like you get that that feeling on the inside because i had such a fixed mindset about that so the fact that you're laying that foundation of a growth mindset in, in a fourth graders life is it's just it's impressive um another book that is kind of on my Mount Rushmore alongside of Carol Dweck, uh, is Angela Duckworth's, her book, mm. Grit.
1: You ever heard of that book? Um, grit, yes. I th- I, is she um, a local author? She
0: is not, but she's all over TED Talk. She's. Okay. Uh, I believe Actually, she's from Canada. But um, okay, okay. It, it was just, I, it was funny because it came across my Facebook feed today, uh, the principal and head basketball coach out at Hoban. Tk, he actually gifted that book to two kids on his basketball team. Cool. And um, I love in that book, she takes this quality of grittiness, mm-hmm. and then she aligns it with growth mindset. And you know, and the two of them, they go hand in hand. And the only reason I'm kind of drifting down this this avenue is because grittiness is one of those qualities up here at the high school that mm-hmm. that we lack, right? Mm-hmm. We we all need to be a little bit more gritty, especially in the times that we live in. We just got to keep pushing through the failures and mm-hmm. becoming the best versions of ourselves. And, and so uh, you lay that, laying that foundation. By the time those kids get up here, that's going to give us stuff to talk to them about and say, hey, we're going to take the growth mindset that you learned in Mr. Inzaldi's class, mm-hmm. and we're going to align it with some grittiness and some empathy and some resiliency. And uh, we're going to continue down that path to being a good Blue Devil.
1: Yeah, and Sorry. we've used the word grit a little bit with the fourth graders yeah. too. There there's a book, What is Grit, that is by a local author that okay. we had come in and like read really? her book. Yeah, it's just um oh the, the the author's name is escaping me right now. But we we've had her come in and um you know, I have that book in my class library and things like that. What is grit?
0: So what I'll do is I'll look that book up and then I'll I'll put it in the show notes and we'll hyperlink it and I'm pretty sure I'll be on Amazon one click purchasing it here in a moment. Cool. So uh, yeah. to put it on the bookshelf and uh, that that's awesome. So you um you you're now a teacher and then we jump back. Where did you go to college?
1: University of Akron.
0: Okay, okay, so you're a fellow ZIP. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. And you mentioned you had your master's. Where'd you get your master's at?
1: Um, I did it online through okay. Purdue University. Okay,
0: all right, very good. Mm-hmm. And then if we go back one more chapter, mm-hmm. that brings you to Talmadge High School. Yes. Right, and you are, there is a really interesting, you know, fraternity of teachers in this district who not only went to school here, mm-hmm. but then chose to... Uh, embrace their calling in the school mm-hmm. that they, that they grew up in. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Oh, you were about to say, Oh, that was
1: good. I was just going to, I was going to mention, I never thought that I would be back teaching at Talmadge. You know, when I remember in college and like people ask like, Oh, would you, would you ever like teach at Talmadge? And I, I always said, Oh yeah, probably not. You know, I'd, I'd probably be somewhere else. And um, I never thought that, I would be back here and uh, I am so glad that I am teaching here because there's so many wonderful people in this district. Um, My fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Conley, Christy Conley, I should say, is still a fourth grade teacher and it's really (laughs) fun to have uh, a relationship with her. Um, Ann Canuti was, you know, my third grade teacher and she's still, it's so much fun to to get to know um, the teachers that really made an impact on Mm -hmm. me at such a young age uh, with like an adult relationship it's so fun
0: you mentioned two absolutely amazing human beings right there Mm -hmm. both of whom I want to interview just selfishly because I just think so highly of both of them yesterday I was uh, well, the first, as soon as I walked in the elementary building, Mrs. Canuti was there, mm-hmm. and she embraced me with a hug, and she's just always so just full of joy. I just love her so much. And then the one PD session I was at was in Mrs. Conley's classroom. Mm-hmm. And I there was a point where I was just sitting there during the, the presentation. I'm just looking around the room, right? And I'm mm-hmm. looking at everything that's on the walls, and everything has a purpose. And I, I just kept thinking about, again, here's another teacher who... Uh, both she and Mrs. Connoody, because Mrs. Connoody went to Teach Better Conference with me and we sat through some sessions and, you know, both she, Mrs. Conley, just constantly growing, never settling Mm -hmm. and just always trying to be the best versions of themselves for their kids. And Mm -hmm. I just, uh, so I was just in her room and I was just like, this room is just amazing. (laughs) It is like, I want to take a picture of it and show every aspiring teacher that this is where you should be when you've been uh, a teacher for a few years we won't disclose how many years either one of them but <laughs> but how, how weird was it when you uh, became colleagues with Mrs. Conley
1: um it I thought it might be weirder than it actually was um she has such a great personality and she's so social and, um it, 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 it she just made it really easy to have uh, an adult work relationship with her and um I, I remind her often that that I was in her class, and, and she has a good laugh about it. Yeah, um, If she's listening, she's probably laughing right now. Well,
0: she's got to, every once in a while, I got to come up with a good and zaldy story. I mean... Uh,
1: yeah, you know, uh, so she was also um, on the interview team when I had my interview at Talmud. She was okay. also one of the, the panel, uh, uh, the people in the interview panel. And I walked in, and she goes... <laughs> oh hello Anthony and you know she was really (laughs) professional like hello Anthony do you still like the Vikings and she like brought up something that she remembered about me and it just instantly made me feel so comfortable
0: that's a veteran move right there yeah that right there I mean that's okay (laughs) she sees you come in she has respect for you and then she just asks that question just to lower the tension Mm -hmm. that's 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 a veteran move I like that
1: it really you know if she didn't You'd do that. I might not be a teacher here. Maybe yeah. the interview didn't go as well as it did. And
0: so, what what made you want to come back to Talmadge?
1: Um, there, uh, well, I, I guess a piece of that is the opportunity was mm-hmm. there. Yeah, you know, it's not um, uh, the teaching uh, job search is pretty competitive sometimes, and there was an opportunity, and um, I. I just had known that uh, Nina DeSankis now and Joanna, they're good friends of mine, and they had a really awesome experience um, in their first year teaching the Mm -hmm. year before and uh, substitute teaching before that. I've heard great things about, you know, of course I went through Talbot, so I I know that there's so many wonderful teachers here, but I've heard great things about, um, you know, how nice of a, 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 a... A team it was working there especially you know at the elementary school level
0: yeah so Nina and Joanne when I interviewed them for the podcast and that I just loved it I mean it was it was later in the evening and I remember going over to the elementary building hadn't been in there very much but I was just I was tired and uh, I sat down with the two of them and Honestly, I was so wired by the time I came out mm-hmm. of there, I, I couldn't sleep. I was just so, I mean, I'm like, I want to I upload this right now. I want everyone <laughs> to hear these two incredible young ladies and the passion that they have for our kids and for their calling. And, uh, mm-hmm. But afterwards, they were both like, you know who you need to interview? Tony. And they're, they're, they have been your... <laughs> so sweet. they so They both have, uh, okay. I think, think, very highly of you and wanted you on here. So oh. let's go back to high school. Yeah. Let's go back to high school. Tell us a little bit about Tony, the high school student.
1: Tony, the high school. How would student. how
0: would how would you describe yourself back then?
1: Um, I I like to think that I haven't changed that much <laughs> since high school. I think, um, you know, I, I was a, a my fashion sense was just super <laughs> weird. I I like probably more dad fashion than I am now, even <laughs> um, in high school. I don't know how I ever had a, a girlfriend or anything when I was in high school. I don't know why. I got to go back um, through the
0: old yearbooks on the other side of this uh, wall and pull up pictures.
1: Yeah, I had like a, a buzz cut. You know, I just did it myself. Just a, a one. Yeah. I, I was practically bald and had sweatpants tucked into my shoes because the elastic. <laughs> I remember like, that. <laughs> oh, man. Just silly. Um, so fashion sense, super weird in high school. I tried probably would talk to anybody in the hallway kind of similar to now i remember uh uh, molly briding letting me carry around one of her fans from class to class because you know i was a little bit bigger of a guy and i was really sweaty and things like that and in the summer months she'd let me plug in the fans uh all my other classrooms that's too funny yeah um yeah i was probably labeled as a a teacher's pet a little bit too it was really fun to you know talk with the, the teachers and Get to know them on a more personal level. Yeah, outside of just the academic content that we were learning. So,
0: yeah, it's funny because those are the things I remember when you were walking through the hallways. Yeah. I remember you um, very similar, you know, this charisma that you have now. That's mm-hmm. how you were in the hallways, and I, you know, I remember you being very personable and and not being one of those students who. I mean, you were pretty successful in the things that you were involved in, and yet not so successful that you wouldn't. Engage in a conversation with a teacher or mm. with someone who might be outside of your friend group.
1: Yeah, I'm sad I never was able to be in your classroom.
0: Yeah, I'm sad I that I didn't have you, but uh, it's um, mm. it's it was just neat watching you. You know, I I knew mm. a lot about you, and um, and now I can see looking back in retrospect uh, how kind of the, the foundation was being laid for you to be a teacher. Mm. So. Let's talk about your teachers that you had elementary through high school are there uh you've already mentioned mrs conley and mrs Canuti. um any other teachers that really poured into you that you kind of uh, use as kind of a role model for what it is that you do or maybe mentored you or just had an influence on you and it doesn't have to be exclusive i'll put that out here you know i know we all have many (laughs) teachers but who comes to mind when i ask that question
1: oh there's so many that that come to mind um I think every teacher I've had had, has made a positive impact in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, I I guess one that I'll mention, Um, uh, Mr. Slivka. uh, It was one of his first years uh, in Talmadge when I was in one of his Spanish classes. And something that was impactful, um, you know, was he was just being confident in who he was and... um, in the classroom, uh, he, he just mentioned that, um, I don't want to, you know, tell his story or anything like that, but those who have had Mr. Slavka know that when he's teaching, he can work up a sweat a little bit, <laughs> yeah. much like I can. And
0: it's Pat, his passion. It's all passion, right? right. It up. is all
1: passion and he, he wears it. And, um, it's just really cool. He like doesn't shy away from that and tries to hide it. He like leans into it. And I think that is, uh, a lesson I took away, kind of lean into the things that you are and being confident in it, and making it a strength and not something that you, you're trying to hide because okay. um, because it it'll it'll be there anyways and if you make it a strength that that is you know better than than trying to hide it. So I I find
0: that to be just kind of a a very powerful and beautiful explanation of of again the the influence that a teacher has uh, intentionally and unintentionally right Mm -hmm. Um, Dave is an incredible teacher a very good friend of mine he's on I have there's an episode of him on the podcast Um, but it's probably safe to say that he probably wasn't probably didn't go into that lesson plan thinking to himself all right I'm going to embrace my sweatiness right but And Mm -hmm. I'm doing that because I want Tony to walk away from here knowing he can embrace and, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think that he, he gets the big picture, right? He understands that his reaction to anything, um, plants a seed and then that seed germinates and it, and it blossoms. And, and, um, and so by modeling that, um, you probably didn't even think about it then but now in in reflecting it you know you're like i'm a better person because of how he handled that situation and who knows how many other situations in your life mm-hmm. that unintentional lesson impacted you and influenced you i just i'm rambling a little bit but i just think no, it's just that, it's just amazing mm-hmm. it's just awesome
1: yes and if you're listening mr slifka sorry for you know throwing you under the bus with with, with that, but, um,
0: Mr. Slivkov right now is, he is not, he's not embarrassed. I can promise yes, you right now. Good. He's probably <laughs> beaming with pride because oh, you're one of his, uh, you know, best students that he's ever had. So oh, sweet. how about another teacher? I love, I love hearing these stories. Yeah. Um, or a coach or, or I,
1: on the way here, I, w- I was kind of thinking about, you know, high school and revisiting some of my college classes. I'd like to mention one, um, uh, 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 Kind of an interaction I had with the professor okay. too. Yeah, um, and I his his name is also escaping me, but I remember he was this, you know, really huge, like over. He was like probably six five, really burly guy. Um, and the first day of this class, he was like silent, and it was a, a education uh, course. Um, but he was like silent when people were coming in, and he had painted like a mean face on. And he was starting the lesson and some girl came in, you know, like five minutes late because of traffic and things like that. And he was, uh, he kind of like leaned into her, like, how could you be late and all these things? And then as soon as I thought she was going to start crying and I was feeling so bad for her, he like snapped out of it. He's like, wasn't that awful? And we were all like, yeah, that was, that was like really, really bad. He's like, please, never do that like and i think the the whole point of him doing that was to to show all these upcoming teachers that every interaction you have no matter what Hmm. will have an impact on on your students Hmm. and he said please like if if any student comes in late or whenever they arrive be happy to see them and that's something that i always have stuck with me like in college through that is no matter when the student comes in I, I, you know, put on a smile and and I'm really, really excited that they're there, even though Mm -hmm. it might be super inconvenient during the time and things like that. I always just tell them that I'm so happy that they're here because if they, if a student doesn't think that, you know, they're, they're welcome in there, they're not going to want to be there. They're not going to want to learn. So I guess the point of saying that is just trying to make every learner in your class feel, feel welcome and, and wanted and in in the classroom
0: yeah I um that's been a a very powerful lesson for me especially this year uh in the classroom and especially the classes that I've taught in the past the past eight or nine years you know getting to class on time hasn't been that big of an issue you know when you're Mm. teaching an advanced placement class and, and then teaching psychology with seniors you know yeah I mean had kids arriving late or whatever but I usually just kind of just let them come in and, and we just kind of moved on with things, but now being responsible for attendance tardies, right. and tardies. And I learned very quickly the difference that, uh, and I can thank Mr. Treen, um, who is a is gonna be a guest on the podcast as well, uh, but I can thank him for teaching me this. Being aware of tone and my word choice and the effect that it has on a student for the rest of the day. So when I'm sitting there taking care of tardies and a student walks in, um, instead of saying, hey, why are you late? You know, just simply saying, hey, I mean, they're already late. So who cares if I'm going to ask them why they're late? Just Mm say, hey, Tony, man, it's good to see you. How are you, man? And I can be writing the tardy slip and I can give it to you. But your response in the rest of your day is going to be very different than if I say, all right. Tony, you're late again. What are you doing? Versus, Mm -hmm. man, how are you What did you do last night? You know, what were you binge watching on Netflix or whatever? And just having that conversation. Yeah. You know, and um, it's something that I've said as a personal growth point for me to just be aware. Words, facial expressions, uh, all of that. Mm -hmm. It has an effect. Absolutely. And um, so I... uh, I just want to sit in your classroom.
1: You're more than welcome anytime. I, 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 you know what? I think I'm
0: actually going to come down to your classroom and you just should. sit in there and, and just hang out with you uh, for a while because this has been um, just a, I just love this conversation <laughs> and I love sharing um, your voice and your story with, with the community because so many of them, you know, their kids, you have a, a pretty big class, don't you? How many kids you have in there?
1: Um, I co-teach with, Elena Isley, who okay. is a new teacher to Talmadge. Right. Elena She's Isley. amazing. I, I, I have to remind myself that she's a first year teacher because she's so good. She's that good, uh, huh? Yeah, she's nice. that good. Um, but I co-teach with Elena, and we each have technically 25 kids, but it's really one classroom of 50 with two teachers. Yeah, so. and
0: so throughout this year, there are 50 uh, young people who are going to sit under your guidance <laughs> and your leadership and they're going to finish the year better because of you. And now their parents can hear your voice and get to know who you are and the upcoming third graders, you know, now all those parents can start saying, well, put me in Tony's class, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, they're going to want to do that for sure. Uh, before we wrap this up, my friend, um, I always like to ask, and this is again, kind of selfishly for me, is there a book that you recommend or kind of a quote or a motto that you that you live by?
1: Mm. So, um, as far as books, I think you, you probably know this book, being the, the teacher you were um, with psychology, right? Uh-huh. Um, is a, a Man's Search for Meaning? Uh huh. Victor so, Frankl, yeah. Victor Frankl, yes. Um, that book was really impactful and helped me solidify um, just the idea, you, you know, when you're making decisions, when, when something's tough. Mm-hmm. any interaction you have I I try and think ahead and kind of remove myself from it and think ahead how will I want to have acted in this situation mm-hmm. that's been um, uh, that book really helped me solidify that that way of, of thinking during mm-hmm. during tough interactions like do I want to react emotionally here or would I how can I if when I look back how do I want that person to um, think of how I acted, if that makes sense? No, that's that's. I hope I'm making myself. No, clear no, that, with that. that is awesome. I mean, again,
0: I want to be honest with you. When when I sit down with a guest and or when I talk to an aspiring teacher, and, there there are kind of checkpoints along the conversation where you you either know they have the calling or you know mm. that they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, as I hear you say that and kind of reflect on that, that, that just continues to clarify, mm. to scream loudly that you have this calling uh, because you're thinking ahead. I mean, you're, it's like a chess game, right? You're thinking mm. ahead. What's the reaction going to be in this relationship? And, and you're thinking on behalf of the student. You want that student to know that they are safe, that they're valued, seen, and heard, right? Mm. And you want to do what our, our, our mission is. You, know, you want to empower everyone every day. And you do that by thinking at that level. Uh, and it's, so it's evident that you're reflecting, uh, you reflect on your craft and on your life, and it's evident that you want to be better, you're embracing that lifelong leadership, uh, um, and you're, you're just wanting to, to pour into these kids because uh, so many people go throughout their day and they don't give a second thought to what their response or their interaction may do and the eternal impact that it might have. Yeah and you're there, and I'm just really impressed that you mentioned that book. It's a heavy read, but it's a powerful Mm -hmm. read, isn't it? Yes. And you think about his life, and how he persevered through hell Mm -hmm. to have an impact, and uh, it's one that I highly, highly recommend as well. Mm. So I'm gonna give you um, 30 seconds or so, or you can take as long as you want. Is there anything (laughs) that you would like to tell anyone in your life, any family member, any friend, any, the, the city of Talmadge, you have an open mic.
1: Oh, wow. Is um, that pressure or what? That, that is pressure. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think something that I, I would mention, um, might be my favorite compliment that I've ever received came from Dave Canuti. Um, wonderful man. He, mm-hmm. uh, it was, I, I've kind of known the Knudy family, grew up with yeah. Kelsey, and so um, they kind of got to see me grow up. And my favorite compliment that I think about almost every day um, came from Dave, and he said that um, I wasn't, it, it kind of sounded backhanded a little bit, but it wasn't because he said I, he really appreciated how I wasn't afraid to, not, to seem not masculine. Mm-hmm. I think that's paraphrasing, um, but I, I wasn't afraid to not be seen as masculine or 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 you know kind of like a manly man and I, I think that was one of the um, one of the best compliments I've ever received because I want that's what I want to show my students that yeah. uh, and whoever that I interact with, I want to be that role model for them where you know, be yourself, be goofy, be silly. Don't try and, and hide those things to, you know, come off a, a certain way sure. to people. And I I really, really appreciate that because that's not something that I've always right um, thought and, and I've always tried to do. And just hearing that um, from somebody that I respect so much and that has been able to see so much of my life has been really, really impactful on me.
0: Yeah, I, I think, um, well, first of all, when you think of Dave Canuti, mm. I always feel like he's that wise sage up on a hill, and i got to <laughs> climb all the way up there and sit in his – I love – I just yeah. love the Canutis. And Dave, uh, yeah, he, he has that gift of, of really just, you know, making you feel like mm-hmm. you ha- – first of all, you have his undivided attention. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, he, he just – he gets it, man. He just – he knows what to say and when to say it and and to have a lasting impact and and so to hear him say that to you um it it's just it's neat to hear because now I think about you as a teacher uh how how what's the appropriate way to say this you uh you became a little bit more educated at a much faster rate on what it means Mm. and what it takes to be an effective teacher when you can take that you know Break that stigma, and then be goofy, mm-hmm. and and celebrate, and to dance, and to sing, and to flex, <laughs> and to growl, and to you know get on the yeah. floor and 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 do things that uh, sometimes are, are a little bit uncomfortable. It makes you that much more of an effective uh, person. So um, I, I love that 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 quote that thought. Mm-hmm. I have right loved there. this conversation. I cannot think of a better way to begin my Saturday morning then have mm-hmm. this with you Sweet. Um, I as a young teacher I'd like to just you know I want I want to affirm you um, to make sure that you continue doing what you're doing mm-hmm. um, stay aware of the trials and tribulation of education right It's a tough business mm-hmm. it's a tough profession to be in but you clearly have the calling on your life you are impacting lives and um, I, I'm excited for what the future ha- holds for you. Our fourth graders are in very, very good hands. Thank so. you
1: so much. This has been so much fun. I'm a huge fan of you know what you do with the podcast and yeah. it's been really fun to be a part of.
0: Well, I, I love the podcast and the reason I love it is because uh, we have so many hidden treasures here in the city of Talmage and in, in our buildings and uh, it's an honor to be able to share you know, your story and to share other stories. And it's just a good reminder to everyone who is listening, no matter what it is that you do, and no matter where you're at in this life, uh, whether you're in a storm, coming out of a storm, or about to enter a storm, uh, every one of us have a story. And that story is worth being told. So Mm -hmm. thanks for listening in, and we'll catch you on the next episode.